For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. For your sports talk fix every day from four to six is Scalzo and Brust. Live from the Gruber Law Office, one call, that's all studios at Radio City. This is Scalzo and Brust. Presented by Bud Light party, on 94.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. It's a party, baby. Woo! It's a party, baby. Today to the Cubs, 8-7, to seven, a disappointing loss there in Chicago, a day game at Wrigley Field, 63-55, uh, their current record right now sitting three and a half games back of the Cardinals in the NL uh, Central, still very much in the playoff race, and a lot of Brewers fans will go back to the trade deadline and say, well... They traded Josh Hader, but Josh Hader last night had himself a bad, bad night. Doesn't get worse than walking in the go-ahead run as the closer who was brought in to help cement the championship team like the San Diego Padres. Now, they've had their own issues with Fernando Tatis Jr. getting suspended for PEDs, but so far, uh, Josh Hader has pitched in four games for the San Diego Padres. He's given up Three earned runs across three and one-thirds innings and four walks, two batters that he has hit. That is shocking when you think about the consistency and the consistent excellence that Josh Hader had uh, has accomplished throughout much of his career. Now... He started to fade towards the end of his Brewers career, right? He started to have a bad month. He had two really back to uh, really bad back-to-back appearances that drove up his ERA, and the Brewers shipped him off. And now he's in San Diego. A lot of criticism simply for the move of trading Josh Hader. Some people upset about the return, but I think mostly just the mere act of trading Josh Hader felt like a betrayal to the fans. Uh, not all fans, but fans like Josh DiMaggio, like Terrence and Tosa. Um, And quite frankly, felt like the players felt like it was a betrayal to the clubhouse. Now Josh Hader has struggled significantly in San Diego. Does that make you feel better as a Brewer fan about the trade and them moving Josh Hader? 800-990-3776. Again, 800-990-3776. Telly, do you think that is comforting to Brewers fans? Uh, It shouldn't be. I know for a lot of fans it will because they're trying to find comfort in the fact that the Brewers have just played terrible baseball over the last three weeks and I think they are just looking for something to make themselves feel better because once last time I checked you have to have a lead before a closer can come in and close the game out for you right yes oh okay and to order it to have a lead, you got to score. Oh, you do. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm. So uh, last time I, I looked, it, it was the Brewers scoring runs was the problem. It wasn't blown saves. So uh, I know when Hater first was traded, it, uh, Brewers fans thought he was taking a shot 
at them by saying that over here it's an expectation and, uh, you know, it's good to be on a team that has high expectations, yada, yada, yada. But that just goes to show that it's not always greener on the other side. It's a a thing of – it, it takes more than just names. Like you could think, like, oh, God, the Padres got Juan Soto, they got Josh Hader, and they got all these different guys. But you do. I mean, there's just this one word. It's called chemistry. You have to have that in order to put together a winning season. And Josh Hader has found out that just because you put on a Padres uniform doesn't mean you're going to go over there so, and do well. So it matters that much. You think for a guy who comes out late and pitches up there and he's on the mound by himself that chemistry matters you believe absolutely I mean you know I mean with the Brewers and him being with the Brewers as long as he has or had been he know that these are the guys that's going to go to bat for him these are the guys that's going to do whatever they can to get him a lead to see them out to see him out on the mound in the ninth inning so I'm not saying that that can happen in San Diego, but I'm not just going to join a team and then these guys are like, oh, you're my brother, I got your back. And it's like, well, last week you were trying to strike me out. So it takes time, that's all I'm saying. It can happen and eventually it will happen, but until then, I mean, it, you can feel like you're out there by yourself and, all right, they're expecting me to constantly get three outs in a row every single time. I'm an all-star closer, and there's a type of pressure that comes along with that. So um, I'm not saying those are the reasons why. I mean, you just brought up a very good point. He was starting to tell off a lot towards the end of his Brewers tenure. But uh, is it a deeper problem? Who knows? But the struggles have continued in San Diego. I do think, I feel like it happens every year. When you make a big move for a reliever, they always seem to stink. Like after you get somebody right around the trade deadline. Like their first month always seems to be rocky. Now, you could always point to examples, of course, otherwise. But it's just, you always feel like the contender that feels like, oh, now we finally got this piece, this starter, this reliever. Uh, they tend to stink right away and settle in. So we'll see what happens with Josh Hader. But I do think for the Brewer fan who thinks, well, you know, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 right now with Josh Hader, they'd be better. You have to look at what he's doing and say, well, they might be worse. Now, it's not like Matt. Bush and Taylor Rogers have been world beaters. They haven't been great for the Brewers either. Uh, they've had to adjust a little bit. We'll see what Trevor Rez- Rosenthal can uh, can bring to the organization whenever he gets healthy. But it's 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 interesting to think that the world, the sky was falling because you lost this guy, and his four appearances with San Diego has been so bad that his home fans in San Diego, this isn't Philadelphia, yeah. this isn't New York, in San Diego. They were booing you at home. That's not good. That is not good at all. And you look at, like you said, even if he was still with the Brewers, it doesn't mean that everything was going to be all good. Because keep in mind, it wasn't like the Brewers were on some 15-game winning streak when he got traded. Mm -hmm. I think that if the Brewers were just lighting it up with Hater, I think this is a trade they would have held off on. But at this particular time, I totally agree with the timing and what you're getting for him. I mean, because look at if he closed out the season with the Brewers and he started to pitch the way he's pitching now. His value continues to go down. They, the Brewers got rid of him exactly when they needed to in terms of getting the most they could get 
for one player. And that's what they did. And those are moves that aren't immediately seen and dividends aren't immediately played, uh, paid out. But in the next year or two, we'll look back and be like, man, that hater trade was pretty good. And depending on where hater is at that time, if he's still in San Diego or if he's moved on to somewhere else, you know you got multiple players for him even though you knew that you weren't going to be able to keep them because you couldn't pay them. And they sold high. I mean, we're talking about a couple of bad appearances before they sold him, but he's still looked at as a the top closer yeah. in Major League Baseball and the top relief pitcher in Major League Baseball, although maybe not after this bad couple of months. Yeah, not to say he can't ever get no, back there, he, he but absolutely, it, it, I expect it's him not to good be now. Right, it, yeah, because it's... It's kind of tough to be much worse than what he's been. That is true. The ultimate Wisconsin sports fan weekend could be yours. Compliments of our friends at Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. You and a guest can enjoy Friday night baseball in Milwaukee, a football Saturday in Madison, and a Sunday night with the green and gold. Scan the QR code to enter to win an amazing sports fan experience, including transportation, lodging, tailgating, and Ticket King gift cards. Really easy to enter. As I said, all you have to do is scan the QR code. That's incredible. Think about that. You're getting rides, you're getting places to stay, tailgating opportunities, ticket king gift cards, unbelievable for you and a guest. The ultimate Wisconsin sports fan weekend, and all you have to do is scan a QR code to enter. In Milwaukee, you can find that QR code at Coaches, Maxwell's, and New Berlin Ale House. In Madison, you can find that QR code at Wando's, Danny's Pub, Scotty Bar, and Chasers 2.0. It's the ultimate Wisconsin sports fan weekend for Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. We'll go pole dancing next across ESPN Wisconsin. It's a Friday edition of Scalzo and Brust. We're presented by Bud Light. You're listening to Scalzo and Brust, presented by Bud Light. But then we'll get back going to Tampa Bay. Chugga, 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 chugga. I do more chuggas than you. Choo-choo! I'm a chugga, 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 Choo! You're in it for yourself with that chugga. No, I just, I like the buildup, man. <laughs> Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. The New Orleans Saints, a lot of joint practices this week. They get their second preseason game. Of course, Jordan Love starting for the Packers. Friday night football, that's right. It's 517. If you haven't made it already, you're right there, folks. We are presented by Bud Light, the world's greatest beer. No Ben Bruss today. It's another Benny Friday. We got Telly Hughes as your cousin sub of the day. Cousin subs, we believe in better. Of course, you, the Scalzo and Bruss family, calling us, texting us, 800-990-3776. The old National Bank talking text line, get old. Miles and Madison chimes in, says, happy Friday game, guys. Team practice game, so I'm hoping for extra mustard. I'm hoping for some extra mustard as we go pole dancing here on Scalzo and Rust. They've got questions, and we've got answers. Time to give the people what they want. Let's go pole dancing on Scalzo and Brust. Every week we go up and down the dial, 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee, 100.5 ESPN in Madison to all of our fellow shows, all of our fellow hosts. So the questions they themselves couldn't answer is the polls that they have posted. We say, you know what? 
We're going to do his service. We'll answer him right here on Scalzo and Bra. So, Joshy, what do we have this week? This first one comes from Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, which you can hear from 7 to 9 a.m. on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. ESPN unit-by-unit rankings have the Packers running backs ranked 8th in the NFL. How do you feel about that? Too high, too low, or just right? Uh, I'm going to say too high. I'm I'm trying to come up. Is that what it was? Yeah. I mean, because there are a lot of good running back tandems that are in the NFL. I just think that a lot of them are unknown because they're coming back from injuries. You look at guys like Saquon Barkley. You look at the Ravens running backs. All eight of them got hurt last year. Uh, You just don't know how they're going to be when they come back. So, um, I mean, is... Yeah, yeah. I I just I think that's that's too high. I think there are a lot of running back combos or running back rooms that are better than or there's more than 8 that are better than or 7 better than the Packers running backs in my opinion. Uh I think the Packers running back tandem is the best in the NFL. Oh wow. Whoa. Number 1. Who was number 1? Did they Wait. put Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, that's garbage. That is hogwash. Based on what? Yeah. Aaron Jones is better than Kareem Hunt. Well, Aaron Jones, I would say, is as good as Nick Chubb. I don't think Aaron Jones gets enough credit. I think Nick Chubb gets a lot of credit. Uh, I think that when you look at A.J. Dillon, uh, A.J. Dillon's the top 15 running back in the NFL. You have two top 15 running backs in the NFL. Kareem Hunt has done a nice job catching passes out of the backfield there in Cleveland. He's not a great runner in between the tackles. The versatility of both of those guys between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, who can both run between the tackles, both can break away for big plays, and both can catch balls. I believe Aaron Rodgers says it's realistic that both of them will have at least 50 receptions this year. Um, No other running back tandem in the NFL is capable of doing that. Nick Chubb ain't catching balls out of the backfield. I, I mean, but if you have a healthy Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, that's a pretty good running oh, back get tandem. Get Tony Pollard out of my face, and Zeke, Zeke is washed. I'm just saying that's that's a that's a pretty good combo. Zeke is washed. We get this uh, every year. He's the big name. He's overpaid. He's going to get touchdowns because they give him the ball every time around the goal line. There's always ways to pad the stats, but in the end, I'll take AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones up against anybody. I mean, but just think about this. If you put Jonathan Taylor with anybody, they're going to be the best running back duo in the NFL as well. Yeah, they've ranked both highly. Two of the top three were were the Colts because of Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. And the other was Carolina Panthers because of uh, Christian McCaffrey. So we're then, just then you're not talking backs. about the best running back tandems. We're just talking about They're the talking best about running They're talking about the back. units, basically. How how good do you view each of them when you stack it all up as a whole? To me, it seemed low based on... And we're saying low. You mean they should be higher than They a. should be higher it's, because... It's a hard conversation because yeah. higher you could go one way or the other. Yeah, you think to, they're better than eight. Yeah, to me, uh, putting just Derrick Henry and whatever Tennessee has above them is like, come on. We, the Packers have two guys they can use. The pa- the Titans have Derrick Henry, who's great, but just one but guy. But no, it was another guy that took his place last year Dante with Foreman the dread. Is yeah, now, is now on the Panthers. Oh wow! They have Hassan like, Haskins. Even okay. look, Jonathan Taylor was otherworldly last year. 
He's a Badger. I love him. We talked about it. He should be a UW Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's not going to be as good of a run. Like, his stats, he will not be as productive this year as he was last year, simply because they actually have a quarterback. Like, they're going to end up throwing the ball more. What he did last year was so remarkable because they were like, Carson Wentz, we don't trust you at all. Jonathan Taylor, just carry us to the to the homeland. And he almost did. But you could, you could, you could win that argument with me that – you could you could win that argument with me and say you know what as a as a unit would you rather have Taylor and in Hines than you would these two maybe but not for yeah. this Packers team because you need weapons and the fact that they have two guys that could be on the field at the same time together I don't think there's another tandem in the league I would have for the Packers more than the two guys that they already have. Well, also keep in mind, too, the Colts do have a quarterback, but it's not like he, Matt Ryan's a spring chicken. He's not no, going to go. He's not going to have 50 attempts every every game. So they're still going to run the ball a lot, especially knowing the type of running back they have in Jonathan Taylor. I think they're going to throw it a little more, but I wouldn't expect it for them to throw it a lot more. I mean, because keep in mind, too, Carson Wentz was hooking up with his old offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, and they were supposed to sling it the same way they did during that Super Bowl run in Philadelphia. So They were supposed to. Uh, exactly. So, I mean, it just because Matt Ryan throws on uh, Colts uniform doesn't sure. mean he's going to put up Peyton Manning's number. He may supposed to do some of these things, but is yet to be seen where – We've seen what Jonathan Taylor can do when you feed him the ball. Just please don't tell me they put Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in. I cannot now, stand yeah, that. No, I can't, I can't like, roll with that. Like We all just pretend like Javante Williams is A.J. Dillon already. If he has a year like A.J. Dillon did his second year, then we're all going to... What I, if he has a better year? Javante Williams? Yeah. Then Melvin Gordon is going to be suffering because of that. Then like, he's going to say, pour some sugar, sugar on me. <laughs> Let's stick with Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Chewy thinks Ashton getting his car stolen for a third time makes him the dumbest, dumbest member of the show. Who is the bigger idiot, Ashton or Chewy? Uh, I don't think being dumb and being an idiot are the same things. The dumbest guy on the show is Chewy. Uh, the biggest idiot on the show very well may be Ashton. Oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to answer this. You uh, might yeah, not know I, them I, also. I, I, yeah. Uh, what because do you, mean you don't have to answer this. <laughs> no, because Ashton, Ashton's a cool guy. I like Ashton. He's not cool. It he's a nice guy. He's it, not cool, but he's it nice. It doesn't make him an idiot because, well, maybe it does make him an idiot if he keeps getting his car stolen. <laughs> like maybe you should stolen. park somewhere else. Maybe you should change colors. Maybe you should do something different. So. Yeah, I'm, How would I'm you sorry. Feel- Ash is my guy, but Ash, you gotta, you're, you're doing idiotic things. So I'll just say that. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If, does he have his car back? I don't know. Honestly, okay. I don't think so. If he gets the same car back, he should write in permanent marker on the steering wheel. If you steal this, trash it, ruin it. <laughs> the man needs a new car. I will add to the fact that may make him a bigger idiot is he has he acquired a club after the second robbery. Decided not to put it on the car before it got stolen. The third In his time. defense, it was on the fourth floor of a parking garage. But so still. still, you put the club <laughs> on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Clearly, he has a, a track record. It doesn't matter where his car is; it's getting stolen. All right, one last one here from Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Do you have faith that Amari Rogers can make a second year leap? Yes, sixty nine percent. Nice. No, thirty one. 
No, he stinks. Like, let's, he's done. I'm sorry. He's got some juice in those legs. Do you see that return? Juice? Is that what we're calling it now? Yeah, there's a lot juice. of sugar in juice, and there's a lot of sugar Whoa. in Mario Rogers. Yes. I, no, I'm sorry. I, maybe he could be serviceable. He's never going to be a guy who you look at as a true weapon offensively. Like, there are guys who get better and significantly improve. I've seen no pop from him, and it's one of those guys where you can feel the coaches searching for good things to say about him to try to build a man's confidence. Kind of like Jordan Love. Like Jordan Love. Okay. Like Amari Rogers at Clemson was good. He wasn't great, but everybody at Clemson was good because they had Trevor Lawrence, they had Dabo Sweeney, they had a great offense there. But Amari Rogers was never as good as um, – um, why am I blanking on his name from uh, from Oakland there that was the slot guy? Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. I was going to say that, and then I'm like, am I using the ba- the baseball player's name? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I, I, yes, I I don't think he's got it in him. I'm sorry. I like you, Amari. You seem like a nice guy. I would not bet my money on your career success at wide receiver. Well, I think it, it, it's very subjective for that answer because what is a leap? A leap for him? <laughs> or he just, doesn't uh, got to do much to do make a exactly. size Exactly. So I mean, if he just does a little better, then yes, that is a big leap for him. I do think there is a p- possible chance, and I know we've been talked off it multiple times, that he's not a Green Bay Packer by the time week one starts. Now it's unlikely, but I still think there's a possibility of it. I don't think they have the stones to do that, to Me be honest either. with you. They'll um, know it's the right move, but not be able to cut bait that soon. I mean, Goody is still a young GM, and uh-huh. him giving up on a third-round pick in year two is, I, I don't think he wants no, that. No, you're not going to do that. doesn't look great. Yeah. Let's go over to our friends sometimes, uh, two to four, in Madison, Rutledge, and Hamilton. The Badgers are ranked 18th in the first AP poll of the season. Is that too high? Too low or just right? We're back to the higher lower debate. I think that's too low. I think the Badgers will be a top 15 team by week three. And they could possibly be end up being higher by the end of the season. So, yes, I think 18 is a fair number. I mean, if they were... Uh, any other team that's ranked every year, like that's grossly overranked every year, then I could see them being higher. But I think 18's a good spot, but definitely uh, I think they're better in 18. I think it's just right. Um, and the reason why is like they're better than 18 if Graham Mertz is uh, an above average quarterback. Last year was a below average quarterback. If he's an above-average quarterback, they're better than 18. If he's below average, they're worse than 18. Like, I hate to put it all on one college kid, but if he can be Jack Cohn or eight, 2018 Alex Hornibrook, like, I'm not asking for him to be Peyton Manning or Trevor Lawrence. Like, if he can be a above-average quarterback or a good Badger quarterback, which are pretty much the same things, um, then this team is going to be a top-15 team. Yeah. If he can't take care of the football, which was the biggest thing that he did yeah. last year that hurt the team between fumbles and interceptions, they can't overcome that. Like, no matter how great Braylon Allen is, they're not going to be able to overcome that. But they've got a soft schedule. The defense will be good. The run game will be good. Uh, they just need Mertz to not try like I, I don't even want him to try to be a superstar just just be above average 
much. Yeah, I think last year he learned a lot. I, I You would hope, uh, having a season the way that he did last year, you don't learn a lot when you're having a lot of success. But when you're stinking almost every week out there, Hopefully you're taking some of this film and and you're putting it in a memory bank and knowing what you need to do to not stink this year. He couldn't handle the center to QB exchange. He was tripping over his feet. Hey, Chuck Knobloch <laughs> had a hard time throwing it from second to first. <laughs> uh, did I owe Jim Rutledge a happy anniversary text knowing I was the officiant of his wedding on his wedding anniversary? Yes. Did he owe me a text? No, he didn't show up to yours. <laughs> no, I'm saying that is true. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. But like, should he have said, hey, happy anniversary, Greg, for his wedding anniversary no. to me? No, but I should have sent him the anniversary. Yeah. Pat on the back to me. Happy uh, uh, belated wedding I'll anniversary to to, uh, to, uh, to Jimmy Rutledge, our guy. Rutledge and Hamilton weekdays 2 to 4. Bo from Fort Atkinson chimes in and says, Greg, you're usually very smart. Thank you, Bo. Until I just heard you think A.J. Dillon is a top 15 running back in the league. You Packer backers really let a man's legs cloud your judgment on talent. I am a legs guy. Uh, Telly Smooth knows what he's talking about. Telly does know what he's talking about, but let me educate you here because I, I am very smart. Oh, here we go. Uh, last <laughs> season, A.J. Dillon, and I'm not a PFF guy. I don't go by PFF for everything, but last season, uh, we'll take the last two seasons. For running backs with at least 200 carries, he was the fourth ranked running back in all of the NFL. Meanwhile, Aaron Jones, uh, the fifth most valuable running back in the league over the past five seasons. Do I th- Am I saying they're both top five running backs? No, but I do believe that Aaron Jones is a top five running back, and I do believe that A.J. Dillon is a top 15 running back, and people who do it for a living and apply advanced metrics to the situation both agree. Is that fair? Suck it. Uh, no, I'm not even trying to. Like, I, you could think I'm crazy if I call them both top five guys, uh, but I, I think it's reasonable to believe that AJ Dillon, heading into year three of his career, is a top fifteen guy, and he does have some big old legs. I ain't feeling it. I think anybody outside of Wisconsin will not agree with you and say that AJ Dillon is a top fifteen they're not running back. Tape like we are. Yeah, then they're, they're not they're paying not, attention enough. I mean, yeah, if you want to go by the stats and who's got the most yards and who's got the most touchdowns, but you're not looking at usage in that case. He just hasn't been used that often. Uh, yeah, and you could look at also his enormous legs and wearing. Uh, overalls with no shirt on and sub zero degrees and well, he's a northeast he's guy. He's a tough guy. You yeah, know? but he's he's, a, he's tough, but he's not top fifteen tough in nope, terms but, of being a top fifteen running back in the but NFL. But when you look at his physical traits, only Saquon Barkley is a guy who is as strong as him and as fast as him coming out of college. Yeah, and all that looks great uh, at the combine. But then and, he's been doing it. He's been all right, Telly. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep this conversation going all year. When A.J. Dillon is tearing it up, uh, I'll be sure to remind you of this conversation. Um, I won't call you Telly Smooth. I'll call you Telly Hughes. Okay. 800-990-3776. Uh, keep the text coming in. We'll get to these here on the Old National Bank Talking Text Line. But we do have a Packers game tonight. They're taking on the New Orleans Saints. Preseason game number two. Jordan Love starting the game for the Packers. That means we got the PPP Packers props and previews next. It's Galzo and Brust on a Friday presented by Bud Light. 
You're listening to Bud Light Scalzo and Rust. Do you know where your pee comes from? The digestive system? <laughs> what are you talking about? It starts in my mouth, goes down the esophagus. Keep going. To the stomach, to the small intestine, to the large intestine, the small, large, small or large. No, that would go out the anus. Subscribe to the Scalzo and Brust podcast free on the Wisconsin On Demand app and wherever you get your podcasts. Friday on Scalzo and Brust, and not just any Friday, Football Friday. A lot of football going on. Friday night lights. You got high school football going on all over the state of Wisconsin, of course, up at Lambeau Field, that little high school stadium up there. Uh, you have the Green Bay Packers taking on the New Orleans Saints. So we'll do it as we do every show before a Packers game. It's time for the PPP Packers Props and Preview. Here's an idea. Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet? And we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. Gather round, degenerates. It's time for the PPP. Greg and Ben are here to tell you how they plan to lose their money this weekend. It's the Packers Props and Preview on Scalzo and Brust. No Ben Bruss today. Telly Hughes, your cousin sub of the day. It's a Benny Friday. Cousin subs, we believe in better. I'm Greg Scalzo. Josh DiMaggio has consulted the board, created some of his own bets. He'll be laying out some of the opportunities. That's what I like to call bets. Opportunities for us to win uh, here tonight in the preseason game. Nothing like betting on preseason Packers versus the Saints. So, Joshy, let's see the board. What do we got? Started off like we always do. Green Bay Packers minus three against the New Orleans Saints in Lambeau Field. Which side do you guys like? Hmm. Minus three at home. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints plus three. Uh, All indicators have said that the Saints have been, uh, defense has been eating up the Packers' offense in some of these joint practices. Uh, and Jordan Love is going to be starting with the Packers. That doesn't instill me with a lot of confidence after his three interception performance. And I know, I know, it's everyone else's fault. And we're not going to talk about the fact that he threw what should have been an interception and bounced off a defender's hands. But, you know, uh, I'm going to take the Saints plus three. I'm going to go with everything he just said, Josh, <laughs> <laughs> because I I did want to have some sort of optimism about Jordan Love <laughs> going out there, and then when you just told me about the joint practices and nothing good, and I just it jogged my memory. I'm like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I watched him play last week. <laughs> yeah, and I watched him play, and I haven't heard anything any different besides he's taking strides. So yeah. Saints are going to win. Uh, <laughs> Green Bay Packers total points for the game over or under 20 total points. I'll still say over 20 points because once you get into the second half of these games, it can go one of two ways. Chaos. Nobody scores or it's just chaos and guys are breaking free. And those guys are going hard because they're all fighting for jobs in the second half. It's not the prettiest football. I'll still say over 20 points for the Packers. Over 20 as well. I'm going to go with that. I think that in spite of the three 
interceptions, Jordan Love was able to move the ball a little bit, but it's not what happens in that first half. You're right, Greg. It's all about the second half and guys that are playing their hearts out and going to do whatever they can to get into the end zone. So, uh, yes, it'll be 20-plus points, but it won't come from the Packers' first-string offense. All right, let's move to our favorite person, Jordan Love. Over or under 150, 150 and a half rushing and passing yards. I am going to go uh, combined. I would say over. I think I think that he's going to be able to. He's going to probably try to make more plays with his legs and and do a lot more and not make any sort of questionable decisions throwing the ball. And I think that's going to improve his rushing yards. But uh, I I think combined rushing and passing, he'll have 150. Uh, I'm going to take over as well. They're going to just give him opportunity. Like, this is like Goody and LaFleur wants this to work out so bad and want Jordan Love to be good so bad. Obviously, Goody's tied to him because of the draft pick. I think LaFleur is a coach and somebody who's supposed to be, uh, you know, a, an offensive mind. No one's going to give LaFleur credit for developing Aaron Rodgers, although he deserves credit for. Um, the Aaron Rodgers renaissance. This is a chance for LaFleur to have his fingerprints on a quarterback. They're going to want him to throw the ball. I think they're going to throw the ball a ton here uh, in the first half with Jordan Love, as I like to call him J-Lo, and I think he gets over the 150. Let's move on to training camp hero Romeo Dobbs, who Aaron Rodgers Mm. admonished earlier this week. I think that's too strong. Over, under, two and a half receptions. Over. Over. He had four last week, right? He had four or five. Three and one was taken back because it turned into an interception. I think that he will definitely have over two receptions. I think that you're going to see uh, a maximum effort being put forth by these wide receivers uh, just to show Aaron Rodgers, who will be watching from the sidelines, that they are capable of making plays once they do receive the ball from him. Um. I'm over as well. I think Dobbs, again, it's another guy they want volume to. He's going to have the opportunities. He's a talented guy. Uh, he had the touchdown in week in, in week one of preseason. I'll go over on the receptions as well. I agree with Tally. It was pretty clear when I watched the game, Romeo Dobbs was not only always open, but Jordan Love was looking at him instantly saying, where's Romeo? Let's move on to some of my own bets here. Jordan Love interceptions over under one and a half. Ooh. Over. He's going to throw over. Yeah, he's definitely going to throw over. I'm I'm saying over on these because I think they're going to give him a lot of opportunity, and he'll succeed with some of that opportunity, and I think he'll throw some picks with some of those opportunities. Yeah, once again, he hasn't shown me any reason to think that he won't throw more than an interception and a half. I just, yeah, over. Over under... One interception Jordan Love throws that everyone blames on the receiver. Uh, well, over. Definitely, yeah. definitely I mean, over. The, no matter what happens, <laughs> the interceptions that he throw, like everyone's like, oh, none of those were his fault. Like, you know, even the one that he threw that he shouldn't have thrown, like, it's his 
forget about that one. There's going to be excuses made. That's the narrative that is coming out of Packers camp is that, hey, you know, Jordan's improving a lot and um, and Aaron's a meanie. And, you know, it's like it, it the tables have turned now in, in Green Bay and Packers organization, the media especially, are uh, seemingly Team Jordan Love more, more than Team Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you guys know this, but Andy Dalton is a member of the New Orleans Saints. Whoa. Yeah. Will the term red rifle be used in today's broadcast? Yes or no? (laughs) I'm going to say no. I I think he's lost the red rifle. That was TCU Andy Dalton. And early Bengals Andy Dalton was the red rifle. Was the red rifle or the red baron? It was... It was the red rifle, right? Yeah, red yeah, rifle. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, those is horn frog days. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't think he's the red rifle. <laughs> he's more like the uh, the the red pellet slinger right about now, or red the slingshot. slingshot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, even in Chicago, I don't remember him getting a lot of red rifle call outs. He was just Andy. You know, yeah. he went from the red rocket for the wait, red rifle? Oh. <laughs> it's the rifle. Thank you. Okay. Uh, the red rifle to just Andy. Uh yeah, I, I didn't even didn't even mean to do that and it just popped <laughs> into my head. I don't know what that says about me. Uh, but you know what I want to say to you all is Pella Windows and Doors Wisconsin is where you need to go when you need to get your windows and doors replaced. Obviously that's not all of the time, but keep that in mind for when it is time. That's what I did. And now they've worked on two houses for me and have been incredible with both projects they've done with me. Not only the quality of the product, number one, of course, when it comes to quality, number one, when it comes to innovation, uh, but also the level of service like Gina Dell has built out an all-star team she is the greatest GM in the history of windows and doors she drafts well she develops well she signs free agents well she retains good talent she's got an eye for it so working with Joe Franco was a pure pleasure it will be for you as well whoever you work with at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin but make sure it is Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and right now you can have beautiful Pella Windows installed in your home home and pay just 2.99% financing locked in for 10 years. Now, if you want to skip the financing, that's okay. You get this upgrade. Choose uh, Pella's famous patented blinds or shades between the glass on their lifestyle or impervia patio doors for free. Incredible offers. Don't miss out. PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. Tell them that we sent you. We'll keep talking Packers as we get ready for... Game two of preseason, Packers-Saints. This is Scalzo and Bross, presented by the world's greatest beer, Bud Light. You're listening to Bud Light, Scalzo and Brust. Anyway, I don't want this to turn on to me completely, because Greg did get scammed by the internet, but I did scam Josh DiMaggio today. Yeah, I mean... You scam everybody every day. <laughs> That's why you are unscammable, because you are constantly the scammer. Looking, I am the scammed. I, I know where to look. <laughs> if there's a scam, I'll know. And Greg, you just... You believe in people too much, I guess. Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We made it. 
Wisconsin. It's 5.54. You got a Packer game tonight. Football all around the state. We won't talk about the Brewers' loss from earlier today. A couple more games this weekend against the Cubbies. It should be very winnable for this Brewers team. Two weeks from tomorrow, the start of the Wisconsin Badgers football season. You can smell the football in the air, Telly. Yeah, I know they're up there prepping for the mighty Redbirds of Illinois State, man. <laughs> I, we're going to come in flying high, man. I told you I went there. Yeah. So, yeah, the Redbirds are going to come in. Hopefully it won't be too much of a disaster. But, uh, but yeah, f- college football is here. College football is here. Again, we're in the heart of it NFL-wise. Josh DiMaggio's got 17 more fantasy football drafts mm-hmm. to go this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is on. And the Green Bay Packers, once again, continue to assert themselves in the national storylines of the NFL, largely led by quarterback Aaron Rodgers, some of the conversations he's had about the wide receivers. But just overall, what this team is going to look like without Devontae Adams and with a revamped, revolutionized, reloaded, I'll call them, uh, offense uh, when looking at the weapons. I'm most interested tonight in seeing how that offensive line holds up. That's what I was most interested in week one because while Jordan Love is the story, he's not going to be playing. To your point that you made earlier on the show, Telly, he's not going to be playing week one of the regular season, but you know who will be? The guys they are going to roll out on that offensive line. And if they can't play, perform well in preseason, my concern level will increase. I won't, I, won't, I won't be alarmist. I won't overreact or I'll do my best not to, but that offensive line is where I'm going to be keeping a close eye on uh, tonight during that game two against the Packers. Other than Jordan Love, like where are you going to be focusing your uh, your attention? I'm going to be focused more on the wide receivers than Jordan Love. I think that Aaron Rodgers does things for a reason. I think that was a reason for him to go and uh, really berate his receivers publicly. I think you're going to see a very much a very, a more spirited effort from the wide receivers. And um, yeah, I think that's I, to me that's where my focus will be. I think that uh, he got their attention loud and clear, and he knows that everyone else will be looking at them closely. So I think the, the wide receivers. I'd like to see a little more energy and effort from them. Well, we made it, Wisconsin. High school football coming up next across ESPN Wisconsin and Milwaukee. You get Lightning Lance Davis on the call. Catholic Memorial at Franklin. If you're in Madison, you get our guy Strophy and, of course, the Dean, Dennis Semrau. Wanakee at Forest. So stay tuned. Football is here!